Welcome to the Van Man Podcast. My name is Sam and I am the Van Man. I believe in living a full life and I know that I do that differently than most people. So I invite interesting people who are doing interesting things into my van to discuss how they're living their lives to the fullest. And hopefully, if you're listening, we can learn from them together on how we can live our lives fuller. In this episode, my guest is a dear friend of mine, Miles Bice, who owns and runs a company called The Pickpocket Co. And The Pickpocket is a guitar accessory that you put on your guitar so that you don't lose your picks. You can find them on uh, Pickpocket Co. Sorry, The Pickpocket Co. on Instagram or pickpocketco.com. If you have a loved one that is a guitar enthusiast or if they are the kind of person who takes their guitar around the fire, then this is the perfect gift for them for Christmas. It's honestly such a cool product, and I'm super lucky to know Miles because uh, there aren't very many people that you meet in your day-to-day life that have a quality, incredible product like the pickpocket. So check them out on Instagram. They're super cool. I will link them in the description and everything. And with all that, let's dive into the episode. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Good. It's good to finally get you in here. Yeah, yeah, Honestly. It is. Like, you've been doing this pickpocket thing for... I don't know. It's just this, been this year, though, right? Okay. Wait, wait. So we're recording now? Podcast has begun? All of it's, yeah. All oh, of it's okay. going. Yeah, cool. we're live. Uh, I just want to shout out my sponsor real quick. If that's is this okay. your sponsor? Is this for real? Yeah, yeah. Jameson has been with me for, for what? No, I'm just kidding. I was like, I was like, anyway. wait, is this like one of your partner's yeah. brands or something? No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. Okay. No, they don't sponsor me. Okay. Don't that wouldn't, <laughs> don't come out for me. I was like, what's going well, on? I got, we saw uh, this orange, Jameson orange, and... Look really good. Everybody's gonna hear so much clinking from our glass. Good. It's natural. It's about times we share with friends with alcohol. Dude, Dude. cheers. Thanks so Thank much. You're Thanks welcome. for joining me on the podcast yeah. finally. I know, it's so sweet. Let's try it. Delicious. Isn't that pretty good? That is pretty good. It's been a long time since I've actually had alcohol. Really? Yeah, I don't really drink much. Well, good. Let's get you drunk tonight. That's that's okay. All right, all right. Sounds lovely. <laughs> I love your little... Uh, mason jars? Yeah, your mason jars with yeah. the little circle ice balls. Yeah, I don't have reg- regular glasses. I just have mason jars. You have mason jars yeah. and then circle yeah. You can go to <laughs> DI, balls. get some mason jars for cheap. Mm-hmm. So I got some at Michael's. Yeah, pretty cool. At the beginning of the year, actually, I was doing this... Um, uh, I was going to, like, garage sales and buying stuff and, like, reselling it. And I did, like, nice. pretty well for it. I mean, obviously, it takes up a ton of time but i would go to like di's and stuff in arizona when i was there and I'd pick up jars and mm-hmm. look them up on uh ebay and there were a couple of jars that i picked up for like it's the mug life hashtag mug life from <laughs> gary v oh yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's it's not actually as easy as it makes it sound because there yeah. are like thousands of mugs yeah. that you and can you run into out of those thousands. right but yeah. i sold like there was this collection of like four little cat mugs that were a matching set and I sold them for probably like 30 bucks and <laughs> got them for three or four dollars yeah. or something. That's a good point. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's, it worked. Like yeah. I did it once. Like, I don't know. People who want to do reselling as like a side hobby, it works. There's like, money People can everywhere. really do it. It's it's just all about hustle. Like, for real. There's money to be made in every single corner. Okay. That is one of my questions that I have for you though because you're doing Pickpocket Co. Mm-hmm. And you just showed me that you're doing like uh, it's uh, bison leather. Is that what, bison? Bison co. Bison co. Yeah, okay. I like co. I just throw it on everything. No, I like. <laughs> you do pickpocket co. Bison co. Bison co. Yeah, where you're doing leather working. Have you always done entrepreneurial type stuff? Yeah, my <laughs> my first venture. This is really funny. So back in my college days, played baseball, and uh-huh. uh, it was uh, I was just smoking a lot of weed and enjoying <laughs> baseball. And <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I was just trying to find out life. College you know, life. That's yeah. What, that's what you do. You just sit there smoking. Like, what do I want to do with my life? Mm-hmm. 
And I'm a guy who doesn't like desk jobs. Like, it's just not fun to me. Right. And playing sports and just having fun is what I want to do. And right. so I was like, how can I take that into the business world or career or anything like that? Yeah, into a way that's profitable. Yeah. And so right. I was sitting there and I was like, well, why don't I start a business? Because if I'm successful, I can enjoy doing something but not be tied to any schedule or right. anything like that. And so my first idea was candles. So what I did was I went, to, awesome. yeah, I went to Michael's and I got like a candle making kit. I got extra like wax and I started making candles in my kitchen. That's and, awesome. Yeah. That's so and, cool. And I just started selling candles and uh, it was really, really fun. I got free candles out of it because I made them. Right. And uh, how did it go? Like, did you sell them pretty well? Yeah, I broke even. Okay, cool. So that's only breaking. That's yeah, like breaking I was just success. curious. Like this was just a right. part of my life where I was like, "Does this even work? Like, what what am I doing?" So I got a notepad out. I was like, "All right, my costs." Uh, you yeah, know, you have no idea what you're doing I, at this I time. No, yeah, no, no clue. Idea. And so I, yeah, I ended up breaking even, and I was like, "This is interesting." So that's what kind of kicked off my my entrepreneurial Candles. ventures. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have any interest in candles today, or was it 100 percent just for business? Um. Like, like, are you kind I of like, a candle connoisseur? <laughs> I like good scented candles. Okay. I, I Yeah. yeah. I, I'm a aroma expert, I would say now. Okay. Yeah. Very sensitive nose due to those, <laughs> due, to the, due to the candle the making candles? process. Yeah, yeah. Those things are potent. For real, though. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, Shout actually... out to Bison Co. Candles. That's where Bison Co. came from. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. you just call everything Bison Co. Yeah. <laughs> His last name is Bice for everybody who's listening. So it's yeah. actually really good. So it's I a good name. Yeah, through an N Bison on Co. It, candles. And then Co. Co. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So that's where that's where it started. Yeah, and that was uh, that was college. That was a while ago. Yeah, that was years, years, ago. years ago. So, were there some interim things that you've done in the past, or like, is there? You've obviously doing the leatherworking. So, mm-hmm. is that something that you've been doing for a long time now, or is that also a newer venture? When I was developing Pickpocket, I started messing around with leather stuff. I mean, that's the first Pickpocket was a leather one. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know what Pickpocket is. Oh, they're going to know what pickpocket is. They're going to know. This is pickpocket. This is pickpocket. Right here. goes on your guitar. Mm. Mm. Yeah, explain it for people who are just listening on audio. Yeah, so it's a little tiny backpack. It literally looks like a a Jansport backpack. It's like four inches tall. And it goes on to your guitar headstock and holds your guitar picks, guitar capo, guitar tuner. It's basically uh, an adorable backpack. It's cute. That you put on your guitar to hold all of your little guitar essentials that you would take with you. Yeah. Yeah. Because I travel and that's where I play guitar. It just, is very cute. It's, it's <laughs> like, it really is it's like quite cute. Product. Yeah. I don't really see it. Do you see people putting on like electrical guitars, electric guitars? Um, the headstocks is shaped differently for um, um, electric guitars. Um, like the tuning pegs are on one side on a lot of electric guitars. Oh, right. That makes um, sense. So like Gibson has a, like a normal guitar headstock with like three pegs on each side. Okay. Um, but yeah, we have a couple people that throw them on their electric and they just right. kind of just toss them on there. Right. Because they like them. But yeah, we're, we're developing ones to fit on a whole bunch of different headstocks. Right. Because I think because it's so like cute, yeah. you know, and because it's like kind of an adorable <laughs> yeah. like... I don't know. Item. Probably product, item. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it fits really well with an acoustic guitar, but I'm like, it doesn't quite fit with someone no. who's like rocking on stage. No, it doesn't. You know? It doesn't quite vibe. And we have about four models lined up right. for, for later releases. Oh, um, okay. Not even that are separate. Are they different like shapes and sizes yep. or is it just different yep. colors? Yeah, different shapes, different Ooh. sizes, different 
strapping mechanisms, uh, the whole gambit. So, yeah, those are going to be coming. Okay, strapping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. um, this is the question that's been killing me and that I've been saving to ask you. Oh, shoot, let's go. How do you, how do you get a product? You know, like, yeah. I, I've thought about business ideas, and there's always somebody, something, like, kind of percolating in my oh, mind and stuff. Yeah, it's a big question. Yeah. yeah, but, like, how do you, like, you can't make this in your basement. It's too elaborate. And you, like, how do you even plan out the sizing and get the right material and, like, literally all the questions yeah. product? How, like, how? One, a lot of work. Okay, yeah. Like, it takes, it takes <laughs> just a lot, a lot of, work. of work. There's, I would say. I'm out. out. Yeah. Out, that's of a, <laughs> out of 100 people that have an idea for a product, I would say, I mean, this is what I've been told. I, I, I could go look up the numbers, but right. this is what people say. Oh, oh, you know, great job. Only 5% of people actually get it right. to this stage. So it's that's that's what you, that's what you hear, but well, that's probably true. Yeah, getting know? it getting it to that first off is prototyping. Like I made the first pickpocket sitting around a campfire with some scrap leather. I was just messing around. I was with my family. We were in Sequoia, and I was playing guitar for my family. And as a a common thing with guitarists is you just lose your picks. Yeah, you, they just I don't know what happens. They just disappear. They they have their own mind and they just run away. I don't know, and so. I just wanted to create a little product for my guitar since I play around campfires. And so I had scrap leather. Me and my brother-in-law were making slingshots. So I just strapped <laughs> it and made a little pouch for my guitar and then had it on there for a long time. And then I just got, I, I love making things. And so I just went out and got some leather from Michael's shout out to Michael's again, another sponsor. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I just started toying around. I ordered a bunch of little products that were similar and I hand stitched a lot of different things to it. Uh, went through a lot of different variations and then started sketching a whole bunch of different products. Um, so a lot of it really is you literally buying materials at Michael's and literally putting it together. Yeah. Like what works. Error. Yeah. A lot of drawing and trying different sizes, shapes, right. colors, materials, everything. And when I was down in Vegas, um, I went to a shoe repair shop that works on leather shoes. And I said, can you make this? And it was a leather version. It was one of my first ones right. for prototyping. And they're like, sure. What is it for? And I was like, I said, I'm just tinkering around. I don't know. There's no my point little, to My it. little side yeah. project, yeah. They're like, okay. So they made it, and it turned out really good. And then I just kept going with it. And honestly, the hardest part is finding manufacturer and getting it to this stage. That right. is getting it from, the, I have the prototype, I know what the dimensions yeah. are, I know generally what materials I want, who's going to actually make it yeah. and put it together. It's like the last 10% is just the hardest push. And I just did some research and I reached out to um, a supply chain management firm here in Utah. And there's a lot, okay. there's a good amount of supply chain management firms. And what they do is this, they're the intermediary between you, right. the product, and then who's actually making it in, they have a lot of, a lot of, you can go to China, Iran, Afghanistan, like a lot of these, they're, they're, they named like 12 different places. They're like, where do you want to go for this? And they gave me all the schematics for the quality, um, pricing, all that stuff. And oh, interesting. we eventually, we tried to get it manufactured here. We talked to so many different places, and I had a first run made in uh, Cedar City in a, in a manufacturing place, mm -hmm. and it's just outrageously expensive to get right. it made here, which sucks. 
because I want to make them here. But we, we decided on China. And so we go, okay, cool. This is the next stage. You pick your, your package, I guess is what you can call them, where it's like we get you two prototypes and we do this, this, and this with product design. And then we go get samples made. And then we can take it from there. And then there's like more tiers, like where they go, like right. we'll do twelve prototypes and you know all that stuff. And so, in that in that phase where you're like, okay, we've decided on this manufacturer, and now we need mm-hmm. to actually get the product. Mm-hmm. Is it like we have a contract on how many edits you're able to make and how many prototypes we're going to make before we start charging you extra, mm-hmm. right? How many like iterations? Variations. Yeah, yeah, variations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so there was the when I came to them, my product was probably. 95% done. Right. In terms of design, structure, all that stuff. Now, materials and a couple of small tweaks uh, were needed to get to that 100% mark. And so, luckily, we didn't have to do many variations. Now, the biggest thing was material. We had a, There was a lot of uh, discussion and selection on materials uh, because, obviously, there's endless materials in this world. And so deciding on materials is a really hard step because it's going to affect the structure. It's going to affect durability. It's going to affect usability, all that stuff. And so that was, that took a little while to kind of dial in the perfect materials. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, (laughs) does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Like, I mean, for people listening, I'm literally just holding this in my hand. Like, it just, it's baffling because, like, I don't know. I mean, I went to college and I, I've been around a bunch of people who are entrepreneurs and stuff, but yeah. very few of them have a legitimate product. And I even remember, um, I have a roommate or I used to have a roommate in college who was working on a product for, um, for snowboarding and skiing. Mm. That was kind of like a, <clears throat> an easier way to get your snowboard boots on and off, like, uh, like a clasp to click them on and off easier because yeah. everybody like snowboarders have to sit down in the snow yeah. and they have to latch themselves in every time they get off the ski lift. So he was working on a way to do that. And I just remember it was, it took him two, three years. Like, it took him forever. Yeah. Like, and I don't even know where it ended up, if they actually ended up, you know, going live with it or if it ended up working out. But it's just, like, seeing that, yeah. it takes a long time. It's been years, man. It's actually yeah. finally patented. We actually have the patent license. Oh, that's so, so cool. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's patented, which is pretty cool. That took a long time to do as well. How do you do, I, I'm sure we I sh- could look up a lot of this online, but I'm curious, like, what was your experience with trying to get a patent? I... It was cool because, I mean, one, network, 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 talk to people, Just talk people. to people, talk to people, get their experiences with that, uh, that person. Right. And uh, luckily, you know, I was just, I kept asking people and I was living in St. George at the time and they go, Hey Miles, you actually know a patent attorney who's really cool. And I'll go, awesome. So I set up a meeting with them, went over logistics uh, we filed a provisional patent, which is pretty much just what what it is is um, uh, your placeholder in line for filing. That's what oh, a provisional okay. patent is. So it's like I want to patent this, I'm just not ready to. So let me file a provisional for this, and that's just a placeholder. And okay. so for if, when I'm actually ready. Yeah, and okay. so if anyone files after your provisional, you're in line first to actually go file. Got it. And so that's what that provisional. It's a lot cheaper. Um, so we did that for a while. And then finally filed the patent about a year or so afterward. Okay. Because uh, the provisional's about a year Okay. for waiting in line. And, yeah, so pretty much just met met with them, did that, filed it, worked on stuff, refiled it, waited for years, 
you know, paid them a little extra because we had to resubmit some of the paperwork. Right. And so it was just, it was pretty much just a waiting game. But the first step was uh, talking to people who know people, doing some research, and then booking a meeting. And then just getting it done. Just getting it done. Okay, you said waiting for years. In my mind, Pickpocket started like six months ago because that's just when I saw the product go yeah. live and actually like saw an actual real product. Mm-hmm. What is the actual timeline? Like from... I like, made it, the first prototype around the fire, in 2016. Whoa! So six years ago. Six years was ago. Was the first product. Was the, I like, yeah. wow. Yeah, so and I wasn't in any rush. This was really a passion project. Right. And I didn't think about turning it into a business until about 2018. Okay. And then that's when, uh, shout out to Sander Borson. You're my, you're my guy. Uh, he's in the Netherlands. He's the homie. Uh, Who is he? Sander Borson, my homie. Uh, he, is he just like your friend or is he, he a business partner? Sh- shout out to Sander Borson. <laughs> um, he, uh, yeah, he's the, he's the one that helped me brand it. So okay, I was cool. working at a graphic design agency. I've had many jobs. I was working at a graphic design agency and he came over to um, just be like an exchange student for school right. and work for a while. And so um, that's where I met him and became uh, best buds. And he's a, he's a brand expert. And so we kind of tag team the branding. And uh, pretty cool. That's when I was like, hey, man, like, I think I kind of want to turn this into a business. You're, you're a brand expert. Like, let's, let's make a brand. And so we worked on it for a while. Made the brand in 2018. Did you... Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good, man. Yeah, so, like, uh, did you validate the idea? Like, I hear the word validate a lot when it comes to business ideas. Did you... Was there any sort of, like, showing friends your prototypes and getting, like, actual data around, hey, we've interviewed 50 people that walked into Guitar Center and 40 of them said they'd be interested or something? Anything mm-hmm. like that? Any formal... Yes and no. Okay, okay. So <laughs> <One>. informal. <laughs> so you did, but informally. Yeah, got one, it, got okay. it. <laughs> That's, it's, it's, it's tricky because, yes, when you're doing market research, you want validation. Absolutely. You want people's opinions right. and feedback. But the caveat to that is fuck people sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> if you love something and you believe in it, yes, you want feedback, but at the same time, it's like, just fucking go for it. You know, right. it's the, there. There is that fine line. So yeah, it's, it's kind of the. I've always had this mentality that I'm average. Mm. Like I might think I'm really good at my job, or I might think I'm really good with talking to people or whatever. But at the end of the day, I have to believe that I'm average. And if I'm average, and I need a product like this, then there are probably other average people who need a product like this. Yeah, right. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. There's, there's always going to be a need. Now there's market friction where it's like, okay, how big is the need? Right. If, it, if it's a niche item and the market friction might be really high, only 10 people might need the item. Yes, people still need the item. Is it a viable product? But it's business? 10 enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's 10 enough. So, I mean, there's always there's always a balance where you do need market research. You do need feedback. You do need customer surveys. That's absolutely imperative. But at the same time, you know how many people say that's a dumb product? Who says this is a dumb product? A lot of people. They're, they're like, that's pretty stupid because this is a great product. That, dude, <laughs> like, I mean, that's do you just, see this? That's just what I'm this saying. Is adorable. Is like, is like going through the going through the works and showing people, that, right? And they go, hmm, it's a tiny backpack, so 
And I'm like, yeah, <sighs> but you put it on your guitar. And I'm like, not even a guitarist. Like, I've never even owned a guitar, and I know that there's, like, a million memes out there about losing guitars and where do you put your capo and losing your capo because it's on your guitar and, like... There's a, yeah, there's this a is perfect. Like, that solves all <laughs> of those memes. Like, yeah. even I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's but crazy. It's, yeah, we actually just recently had a meeting um, with some some higher-up people in Sweetwater. Okay. And it was it was a really great meeting. Great people, really nice. And they're, they were an older generation. And they were like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, like, what? And it's, and it's like, respect. Like, if you're not going to be. If you're not down for it, If you're not fine. in the target market for buying it, like, that's fine. Like, we still, it's all love. Like, respect. Like, right. do, do you. But there's things like that where people go, never, that'd never work. Right. And you go, okay, respect. Like, thank you for your feedback. That's awesome. Let me, how do I take that and turn it to a, thank you, fuck you, I'm going to keep going with it. Right, how do I turn that into constructive criticism? Exactly. And so feedback's great, but if you're passionate about it, keep going. Right. Don't blow your savings on a new line of toilet paper that might not sell. But if it's passionate, keep going. Right. Keep going. If you're really passionate about toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. Feel it out, (laughs) experiment, go forward, but just just know, you know, there's always a balance to everything. Gotcha. Yeah. So I know I can buy this on your website. Mm-hmm. Can you buy it on like Amazon, Etsy, that kind of stuff? I feel like this would crush on Etsy. Yeah, we were. Yeah, that's actually a discussion we were having last week. Um, was opening up um, on Etsy for sure. One hundred percent. There's it's, it's just like it just has that homemade feel. And yeah. for people who aren't looking like, or people who are just listening to the podcast, like you have it strapped to this little cardboard guitar back what is it a guitar head is it's a headstock it? yeah. headstock yeah. yeah so it's this cardboard headstock that just looks really nice with i mean it just has like all the instructions and it has like i don't know it just looks like a really quality product it yeah. doesn't look like a piece of shit you yeah, know it's expensive it's, it's an expensive product yeah and so it just looks like the kind of thing yeah. that would you know it's just like has that artistic feel for etsy from what i've seen you know yeah it would be a great revenue stream for You'd sure rush on etsy <laughs> Well, get this on Etsy. Let's let's cut the podcast. I'm gonna go open up. An Etsy <laughs> yeah, let right me just open up an yeah. Etsy account right now. Let's do it. <laughs> no, there's there's a lot of different uh, avenues to sell the product. Like Amazon, we were thinking about Amazon. Amazon's very very similar to wholesale route, right? Because uh, they do take a large chunk. Yeah, it's expensive. What I mean, we're getting great sales on the website, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, so we do want to keep that revenue stream alive as well and, and a main focus, but. What we really want to do right now, we kind of pivoted towards uh, getting them in guitar shops. Right. So wholesale route, um, obviously that takes away from profits, but at the same time, it's such a unique item. The tactile aspect of it right. is a huge plus. Being able to see the actual size and how Feel it fits. It, yeah. How, yeah, just doing the zipper and being like, Oh. Yeah, it's like it's a it's like a real zipper, you know. Like yeah. I don't know. Like I, I look at this and I'm like, this isn't gonna break. Like the zipper isn't gonna just no, break tomorrow and stuff. No, that's you gonna know? last at least twelve years. Yeah, like that's a yeah. You know, we that, we use the highest, and that, that's what took material so long is because we wanted the best materials for durability, functionality. Uh, we wanted to hold its shape. We wanted it to never come off the guitar. I mean, oh yeah, because that just ruins the entire purpose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you lose your guitar pick anyway, yeah, it doesn't make so annoying. Sense. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a lot of different ideas around that. Like, well, 
then they'll, they'll never buy a pickpocket again. It's like, that's what we want. Like, buy one pickpocket, use it forever, and, and it'll get, break. Unless you want more colors. Unless you want more colors. If you want to spice up your other guitars with some, yeah. some tie-dye or stuff like that, but... Yeah. yeah, but yeah, but wholesale I think is a really good route right now because we want to. I mean, really, everything we do is like we want to benefit others. Um, we really want to help young artists grow. We do featured artist Fridays because we want to give them a platform. Right. And our Instagram's really low, but like we we're obviously building it and it's gonna grow and we want to just feature people on our on our platform because we want to help young artists. Right. And then we want to help music stores around the valley as well. So if we can get people in the store to buy the pickpockets, um, shout out to Wasatch Musician. Uh, we got our stuff in, in Wasatch, so That's go, awesome. go buy a new guitar in a pickpocket. Shout out to them. They're awesome. Kevin's the man. No, you're right, because it is a tactile feel. It kind yeah. of, like... I don't know, quality products also come with that sense of community, right? Where you see yeah. somebody has it. This is the kind of product that whoever buys it is going to, like, loves it. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. it's it's cute. It's super uh, usable. Like, like it just has so much functionality, yeah. right? That people would be a freak about their pickpocket. Mm -hmm. And so whenever they see one on somebody else's guitar, it's like the, oh, you have a pickpocket, I have a pickpocket. Yeah. Like, well, now we're really good friends. And yeah, now we exactly. have this really good community. You know, it's just, it's And you know what's perfect. really cool about this product, with, with you saying that? Mm -hmm. A lot of the people that are buying it are people who don't give a fuck about other people's opinions. They're like, that's dope. That's cool. I lose my picks. I'm going to throw it on my guitar. And I'm going to communicate with others that, that have one and be like, hey, what's up, man? You got a pickpocket? People yeah. that don't, they're like, I don't know, uh, they'll see a, a little bag on my guitar, it might look dorky or something, and I it's, don't, so, like, it's so funny, the people that we talk to, because like, that's, that a, is lot funny. Of the, a lot of the artists we work with are just long hair, super chill, same vibe as, as us, yeah. me and Tucker, uh, my other partner, and uh, and they're like, dude, that's awesome, man, can I get the tie-dye one? It's like, bet, like, here it is, and they just don't care, they just want to... They just, they just want to lose, not lose their picks ever again. Picks. Yeah. And, you know, it's, a, it's just, it's a cute fucking item. So throwing it on the guitar and it's like, that's cute as hell. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, I don't know. Making fun of this is like, it's so funny. It's high school. I, you know, I, yeah, exactly. it's like, it's, it's the kind of thing that's not, it was cool in middle school. It wasn't cool in high school. And now it's super cool in college, you know, yeah, like, and, it's, and as an adult, this is super fucking yeah, cool. And it's, and it's really funny. Cause it's like those people that do are, are a little bit younger. Yeah. And it's like. You're, you're you're going through stuff right now. Like, <laughs> you're in high school. You'll, you'll get through. You'll get to a point where you're like, why do why do I care about what other people right. think? You and, just want to pickpocket. Yeah, you just want a little cute backpack and not lose your picks and right. go play around a campfire and have it travel with you. So it's really funny. It's there's a there's a huge huge demographic that we're working with that are just carefree, loving, same. I mean they they encapsulate our brand and our values, and it's it's awesome. It's it's really natural about kind of the separator of people that aren't what we what we perpetuate in our right. brand and our values and all love to them like we want to be there for you and support you when they come around and when they come around and if you want to get shout out on our instagram and want to have a platform and you don't want to use your pickpocket that's fine we'll help you grow and right. we'll, we'll be there for you and so it's just it's just funny to see it's, yeah what you learn and grow with your target target for audience sure. yeah no, I love that. I love just that. I don't know. It, every product has to have. And we know this just from our our day job at the Bamboo HR. 
HR.com. <laughs> but like best HR platform. Best software. HR platform. Yeah. Uh, not sponsored, but you know. Go buy Brad, some. I'm always open, Brad, if you want to talk to me. Go buy some payroll software. <laughs> yeah, because you're a payroll rep. <laughs> Punk. Um, no, but it's like at, at Bamboo, like they really tout values and mm. they're right. Like it makes a really big difference yeah. when you have like company values that, you know, you really care about your customers and you really care about what you stand for. And when somebody yeah. sees a pickpocket, they have to know what a pickpocket means, right? Yeah, exactly. It's the, it's the Simon Sinek video on what's your why. Know right? your why. Is that f- know your why. Know your why. Know your why. Yeah. It's a great video. And he's right. Did like, you read the book? I did not, no. I love him. He's a great speaker. I've read it four times. You've read, read it four Simon times? Sinek. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I'm obsessed with motivational things. Oh, right. Understanding how to connect with people on an authentic, deep level. Because that's what Know Your Why is. Right. He's obsessed with Apple because Apple knows specifically who they are and how to connect with the people around them. Right. Some people might not like them because they're a big corporation. I love Apple. I think they are they do know their values and they're fucking awesome. I so, was a... You were an Android guy s- for so long. I, I'm still like, there's some Android spirit in me. As he has three iPhones. I have three iPhones recording this right now. And that's that's the reason I switched over to iPhone. It's just because like, I can do two videos and yeah. a, a recording on my other iPhone and then sync them all to my new MacBook. And it's all right there. And the video editing is fantastic and stuff. But they have some very small things. I've actually, <laughs> I looked it up online and I sent them a feature request. Did you? <laughs> I sent a feature request to Apple. Because on Android, this is totally off topic, people, but this is, I'm very passionate about this. This is a podcast. We talk okay. about everything. Yeah, exactly. And Android has a clipboard, a copy-paste clipboard, where if I copied something, it's on my clipboard and that like contains the last 40 things that I've copied yeah. on my phone. That's pretty cool. And iPhone doesn't have that. And it drives mm. me nuts yeah. because if I'm like, I mean, a really, I don't know, dumb you example. Copy, paste, copy, paste. Right. Like if I, um, right now I'm trying to rent out a room in my apartment. Mm. Right. And a lot of times when I, like this I post. Apartment? No, no, my van. Yeah, for the second room in my van, right? Like the bunk bed in my van. No, I bought a townhome. And so I have uh, a couple of rooms that I'm renting in my townhome. And, uh, you know, you post that on Facebook and then it's basically everybody asking the same question. How much is the deposit? What's the rent? What's the utilities or whatever? And I have a thing typed out that's just like, here's the general response that I can kind of just paste, edit maybe a couple of words and then send out. But iPhone doesn't even hold that like copy for more than like, I don't even know what the timeline is, for like half an hour or an hour or something. So every time somebody asks, I have to go back, find my note, copy it, and then go back and paste it. Whereas Android, like you could copy 60 things, or maybe not 60, you could copy 20 things, I think. It's like 20, and you have a record of all of that. Mm. And the one that... I'm so on a soapbox right now, but like, hey, keep it coming, man. <laughs> but the, the one that's feelings. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. This this alcohol is great. I know it's really um, good, huh? We'll no, it really is. It's pretty good. Yeah, please. Um, no, the worst is like when you have like a party or something. You're trying to copy and paste an address, and mm. the address isn't there. So now I got to go find the text that has the address yeah. to then paste it and post it to my next friend. Anyway. <laughs> But you're right. <laughs> iPhones are great. <laughs> they're they're great because they have like that why, like Simon Sinek says. If anybody hasn't seen that, there's a there's a TED talk from Sinek, Simon Sinek, and he talks about um, knowing your why. And maybe you could give a better description. But iPhone is um, well, it's just about they're just really good at it. Well, it's just about you know your reason for living, reason for being. It's like, not what's, what's it's, pickpocket's reason for being. Right, it's you not know, a feature seller, no, right? So no. if we wanted to feature sell this, it would be pickpocket can hold, 
I don't know, a capo and three picks. And a tuner. And a tuner. And another 100 picks because you can... Just hold. shove them in there. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. No, but but that's, that would be a feature selling. Yeah. You would say, Pickpocket is capable of X, Y, and Z. It's made of X, Y, and Z, and it will last you 12 years. Yeah. Right? But if you wanted to sell based on somebody's why, you would say something like... Do you play around the campfire? Do you do you grab your guitar and go places? Because this is going to be with you. So do you want something that's going to be with you? Like we are supporting traveling, going out, living life around a campfire. Grab friends, grab some beers, play guitar. Don't lose your picks. Don't lose your picks while you're doing it. But like, just go travel. Like, play shows, be in the moment. Love like it. that's the why. Like that's the reason why it's it's a utility bag. So, so then it's selling to people who, do, if you want to live life, grab a pickpocket. Yeah. If you have a guitar and want to go fuck up a beach around a campfire <laughs> with some friends, like, that's what you're going to have grab on your a guitar. Pocket, yeah. And that's, you know? that's what uh, all, chills. all the artists, chilling, <laughs> chills. And it's not just chilling. because it's cold in here. It's a little, a little <laughs> chilly. It's a, it's a I got a shirt on. Yeah. I'm good. But uh, yeah, that's, that's the whole reason for making it is freedom. Like, right. travel, experience life, be in the moment. And that's every artist we work with. That's what they're doing, and that's why they love it so much, because they're on the road, they're doing gigs, they grab their guitar to go everywhere, and they're playing guitar, and they go, pick, and they play. <laughs> your zipper noise? Yeah, that's the, the real-life noise of the zipper. That's perfect, yeah, everybody's the little... There it is. That's pretty accurate. That was bad. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah, yeah. Your, your zipper noise wasn't too I've bad. I've been around yeah. zipper materials for a long time. <laughs> You've been clearly been doing this for six years. No, that's incredible. I wanted to ask, um, you mentioned a couple of names here, mm -hmm. um, but partners. Yeah. How much of this is on your own? What do you have partners for? Like, what what's their role in this? Yeah, so one, you can never do it alone, right? Flat that's, out. You, you flat out. You need people. You need support. You need resources. You need partners. You need buds. You need you need everything. You need people. Right. To think you can do it on your own is dumb. Even, you just need it's people dumb. who like it enough to tell their friends. You, yeah, no matter what it is, you're going to need somebody somewhere. And for a long time, I mean, I, I do a lot of this on my own. Like, this is something I'm passionate about. And so for, you know, 90% of the time, it's, it's you know, just me doing it and having fun. But, again, Sonder, um, the Flying Dutchman, shout out. A lot of shout outs to this, this podcast. There's a lot of people involved. Absolutely. Right. Uh, yeah, he was the one that built the brand. I mean, he's one of my best buds. Um, I actually went to go visit him in the Netherlands last month. So, like, he's just a, a lifelong best friend. And so what we worked on together was the brand, which is incredibly strong. And I knew that I couldn't do it alone. And so he helped me build the brand and the image and things like that. And we tweaked it through the years. We created the brand, and about two years later, I was noticing that the brand image wasn't really lining up with the target market values and things like that. And so we rebranded slightly into a more visual aesthetic, uh, aesthetic that matched our values and target audience. Um, Can you elaborate on that? Like, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so with brand image, it's all about uh, portraying a story. Right. And so you see a logo, you see an image, you see a brand, you get a feeling, you get a story behind it, right? Right. Everything tells a story, makes you feel some type of way. So our imaging, our designing, 
our website, everything was steered towards a specific demographic, specific right. set of values. And so after a while, when I got more educated on branding and design, I just realized that there was a disconnect. And so we hopped on many Zooms and we hammered out ideas about where can we kind of tweak this? Where can we turn it to represent on an image base what we want to portray about this product? How we want people to feel, right? Before it was a little bit more goofy, um, uh, more yeah. geared towards the younger audience of guitar players. And then right. we matured the brand. We go, well, that's great. Like we would love to support young guitarists that like 13, 14 year olds who pick up a guitar for the first time. Hell yeah, like we want to be there for them and right. supply a pickpocket for them and, and make them feel adventurous and uh, like they have a, a career in music because that's awesome. Music's right. amazing. So that was, we don't want to discount them, but our main audience is upper teens to low 30s. Like that's just kind of like the range. And so we needed to mature the brand and get it in a direction where our imagery, our design, our messaging makes sense and aligns with yeah fits the more mature yeah and you know like you said the word adventurous but adventurous for 13 is very it's, different for exactly. adventurous for 27 exactly and so we just needed to change that that image a little bit and be like hey right. this is this is again i'm 27 and this is the target audience that we we're basing it off of right. right yeah um and so we just had to kind of match that and so right that's what we worked on and then tucker is my business partner okay um He's fucking awesome. I love the dude's death. So when I moved up here to Utah to kind of really go ham on this, I was at my living at my parents' house during COVID, and one day I was like, "Yo, Tucker, do you got any place for me to come live at up in Utah?" He's like, "Yeah, I got you." So I was like, "Cool." So I told my parents that day, "Hey, I'm moving to Utah next week." And they're like, "What?" <laughs> and I go, "Yeah, I don't know. I feel like moving to Utah, starting a life, going after this pickpocket thing, and..." Seeing, uh, seeing if I can make it actually a, a venture that is going to be worthwhile. Wait, this is the reason you came to Utah? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was really random. It was, I was talking to the supply chain management firm, working out prototypes. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go up there and see what happens. Like if it fails, that's okay. Like it's a learning yeah. process. So then I just moved up here. The decision was made within about a four-day span to move up here. Right. So I just packed up my car, moved up here. I knocked, as one does. As one does. Yeah. And I knocked doors for a while until I landed a job at Bamboo HR um, to to do that. And, uh, yeah, he's been awesome. I brought him on as a partner when I was still living in Vegas. Um, and then I moved up here, and we've been hammering, hammering away since. That's incredible. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't, like, we've been friends for a while now, and I yeah. didn't realize that, like, you've devoted your life yeah. to this product. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had yeah. no idea until it actually came out. Yeah, sometimes you just got to go for it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I obviously, I believe in it incredibly, and so does Tucker, and so does Sonder, and so does every single person who's helped me along the way. And Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to keep pushing this, and I think this is going to be a huge product. And, you know, no matter what happens with this, like – what uh, the biggest thing that people need to learn when they're starting a business or a product, anything, is to right. separate themselves from the business. Okay. This isn't a reflection on who you are. 
So what people need to realize is it's all learning. If this fails, I'm going to be like, okay, what, what, what can I learn from that? Right. Why did it fail? What were the market frictions that led to this ceasing to exist? Right. What... The business failed. Yeah. You didn't fail. Yeah. And that's You're what... not a failure. And that takes a while. When right. I first started this, probably about three years of working on this, if people didn't like it and I got told no, yeah, I was like, they don't like me. <laughs> they hate me. Yeah. They Aww. don't like my product because I'm Aww. bad. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's, no, totally. You, you attach yourself to it. And, uh, that's sales, baby. And it's it's not. It's hard. It's not it's not what it is. If uh, people don't like the product, I'm like, ah, oh, that's all right. It's all love. If people love the product, awesome. Come on the journey with us. So yeah. that's like, like, that's the biggest thing that I want to say to people developing products or businesses is detach yourself from it. It is not you. It's not your identity. Yeah. Like it's not. It's it's a business. You it's, can you can love it, care for it, work yeah. your ass off for it, give everything for it, but it's still the outcome is the outcome of what you've put in not of you yourself exactly yeah and i've put literal blood sweat and tears into this thing and if it if it flops i i went 110 percent on it all love to everyone i'm gonna learn from it and keep working on it you know How cool yeah man i love that i love that and i think that's a i think that's a good place to end because I, I mean i can't think of a i don't know like i just think yeah. What a beautiful message, yeah. you know, to entrepreneurs out there, like people like me who, I don't know, I'm sure I've had a, an idea for a product or two, but like, it just seems impossible, you know, it's, it's just seems so hard to come up with something that like, like, I, what, what is a textile, you know, let alone like choosing the right one for your <laughs> yeah, product and stuff. Go to Michael's. No, like it's, it's impressive, man. Cause this is, this is a quality product. This is really cool. And to have a friend that's working a day job like I am, who's chasing after like an actual real cool product that feels nice in my hand is pretty dope. Thanks, man. Well, that's pretty unique. Like, you know, like there that. aren't very many of you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like there's, there's plenty of me. It's just, people don't chase it. People are scared. People. Yeah. They don't take six years and move across the country to figure it out. It's easy. You can do it. Love it. You can do it. Thanks, man. Thank you. So thanks fucking for awesome. coming on. We'll do Cheers. it again. Yeah. Can't Cheers wait to see it again podcast. when you're uh, making millions. <laughs> yeah, <soon. laughs> and have a community of millions of people who love this product and you know want to take it around the world. Probably in a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. After, I, just after the podcast airs. Yeah, that's it. You just that's blow it up. Yeah. Love it. Thanks, well, man. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Let's have a good one.